0: I'm going to preach on today, What Happens If You Miss the Rapture? Now, I'm probably going to go several places with this over the next two or three weeks. But uh, that would be the, the the overall title, What Happens If You Miss the Rapture. Uh, we could also title this, I'm going to really go in the direction of the mark of the beast this morning. Uh, because that's kind of right on front and center of everybody's mind. And I'm going to answer a few questions uh, that you may have about that, um, like when will it happen, what should we look for, some signs, you know, a lot of different things that I want you to be aware of um, when it comes to uh, end times, okay? Uh, I, will, uh, I will do my best to do this. Um, amen. So if uh, you have your Bibles, we will be uh, in Revelations for the most part. I will have some references <laughs> that you can go look up later that I won't spend much time on it just kind of supports what I'm going to be talking about so a lot of those I won't even go read the verse you you will have time to go do that <clears throat> and so uh what happens if you miss the rapture well you're not going to like it i can tell you that right now you will not like it so I'm going to tell you right up front you don't have to go through the rapture i mean through the tribulation you can go in this thing called the rapture if you don't go by death okay so you, you want to be ready with Christ because the Bible teaches that no man knows the, hour, the day or the hour. So you don't know when Christ is going to come. You don't know if it could be right this moment. You don't know if it could be next week. It could be 100 years from now. I don't know. I do not believe that, that it would be 100 years from now. I believe it's around the corner. Um, <clears throat> but so um, everybody is, uh, you know, I see things on social media about uh, is, is the vaccine a mark of the beast? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, that's a bunch of, I hope you had been putting this on Facebook, but, but ignorant, illiterate, biblical people, okay? Because it's not coming in a vaccine. The Bible very clear. It says it'll be in your forehead or it's going to be in your hand. And, and, and you, can, you can say it's going to be a chip, it's going to be a tattoo. I don't care what you call it, but it's, that's the two places it's going to be. Okay? It's, it's, that's the only thing. It's not going to be injected in your arm. The Bible gives no reference, no, um, no meta- metaphorical uh, reference that it would be in any other way other than here or here, right hand or forehead. Okay? So don't worry about that. Amen. <clears throat> so when will this mark of the beast be, I'm going to use this word because it's, it's, it's very popular, right now, mandated or required? When will this happen? Well, just let me tell you this, that if you're a Christian, you won't be here to see it. Because this will not happen until the three and a half year mark of the tribulation. So, you're going to have, well, let me just go, I'll pull all this together in just a minute. So, if you have your Bibles, Revelations 13, we're going to start at verse 4. Revelation 13, four. so this mark of the beast will happen halfway point of the seven-year tribulation, okay? That's when it's going to happen. So, Revelation chapter 13, verse 4 says, So they worshipped the dragon who gave the authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority... To continue for forty-two months. Now, when I read this, I took I, I copy and paste from the Bible and put it in on my notes, and I highlighted uh, a couple of words here that I just love. Now, let me read verse five again. This should make you excited. We ought to have a couple of lap makers in here when I read this to you. Okay? It says, "And he, meaning the 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 beast, <clears throat> or the um, uh, uh, the Antichrist, was." He was, he was given he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was, watch, given authority to continue for 42 months. This, this got me excited. The devil don't even have authority to do anything unless it's given to him. Isn't that awesome? That makes me excited. He has to be given the authority to do anything. And I thought, oh, man, we've already won. We win. Amen. This is good news. And it says that he'll continue 42 months. If you do the math, that's three and a half years. So 42 months, not the first 42 months, but the last 42 months... um this, this. Let me give you a little timeline, okay? maybe this will help you. So you have the rapture of the church, First Thessalonians chapter 17, and eighteen. That's the rapture of the church. Then the tribulation will start. Something it's going to start immediately. Something it may be a little bit. I don't know, and I don't know that it's real clear, but it's going to be pretty close to that. I do believe. Okay. So there'll be the rapture of the church. You'll have the tribulation will start. Not the great tribulation. The tribulation, the seven year period. The great tribulation is referred to as the last three and a half years because going to be, it's going to be bad the first three and a half. I'm not trying to downplay that in any. It's not going to be a bed of roses, okay? I'm just saying that there'll be three and a half years will be uh, better. And that's a bad word. It'll be better than the last, okay? So you got uh, the, the rapture of the church. You got the tribulation will start. Uh, there and then, you'll have the two witnesses. Will come on the scene uh, during the first three years, and they will prophesy over the world for three and a half years. And you find that in Revelations chapter three. So you got. Um, so now we have a rapture. We have tribulation started. We have two witnesses going to. They're going to proclaim and prophesy the gospel. Okay, then uh, they will be killed, and they're going to lay in the street for three th- three and a half days. Okay, that's symbolic with years, but w- that's a different message. And then uh, you find this in Revelations chapter 11, verse 11. And then when they die, they lay there three and a half days, they're going to be so hated that they're going to send gifts. People will be sending gifts to others because they're finally dead. They hated them so much. You know why? Because there's two forces that are fighting each other in the world. It's not because they hated those people. People didn't even really know those people. But they're hated so much because they're trying to bring the good news. And the devil knows that he's on his last straw. And there's such a fight and such such animosity toward each other. That people are going to be so excited that the Christianity, the Christians, have finally been stamped out. They think, man, they're stamped out. And they're going to start sending gifts around. But it's only Friday. Glory. Glory. And so... So they're going to be well, they're going to be raised and then they're going to ascend to heaven. That's where they're going. And a false prophet will appear um, uh, uh, during this time as well. And the false prophet will be killed. And again, this is another message. I'm just giving you a timeline. False prophet will be be uh, be wounded as under death. They'll, you'll think he's dead, but he'll be raised back up, probably um, through uh, a demonic through Satan himself. Because Satan is not omnipresent, Satan doesn't have the a power, the ability to create life. Understand that, okay? So, but he's going to be raised up some some way. So it's going to. It says that he had a wound, and it appeared to be death. So maybe badly wounded, but not dead. And Satan will enter him. Satan's already there, but he's going to really give be the driving force behind him. He's going to. Uh, we'll basically say he's going to possess him. Okay, in a great way, and he's going to rise up this um, this antichrist, the person, the antichrist. There's already antichrist spirit in the world. Okay, do you believe that? Anything's against God is an antichrist spirit. So the, the and 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 I heard it say this way, said this way recently that they asked, "Is the antichrist living?" And I heard a preacher say it this way, and I thought, man, that is so good. He said. I, this preacher said, I believe that he's living. He said, but I also believe this, that in every generation there was an antichrist. He didn't know it, but he was ready to take over at any time because of this. Satan doesn't know when it's coming. See, he doesn't know when, when the rapture is going to take place. He don't know. He's just got to have somebody ready at all times. So that makes a lot of sense if you just use some common sense. There's, so, yeah, I, I believe this person is ready. He, he don't know it. But he's going to step on the scene when, when moved upon by this demonic spirit uh, called Satan. Amen. And then, um, <clears throat> so the Antichrist steps on the scene, um, the actual person. And we find that in Revelation chapter 13. And then the great tribulation will begin at three and a half years. All of this stuff, the false prophet, the, the two witnesses are die, false prophet... Um, the Antichrist, all that happens right at the three-and-a-half-year mark, okay? And so we're going to pick up kind of right there with the story or with the the, the message today. So when does the great tribulation happen? At the three-and-a-half-year mark, after the death, resurrection, ascension of the two witnesses, and after the Antichrist, the person steps on the scenes, Revelation chapter 11, 1 through 14. Now... If you have your Bibles, you can look with me at Matthew 24, starting at verse 15. <clears throat> so now we know that um, the mark of the beast, when is it going to come down? It's going to happen at the three-and-a-half-year mark. Christians are out of here. So we, we're answering questions as we go. So when, when will that happen at that point in the game, okay? Number two, uh, I gave you a timeline of, 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 of events that was happening. Uh, we know that the great tribulation, you have, um, you have uh, seals, trumpets, and bowls in, in Revelation. And they're not degrees as to one's worse than the other. It's just when they happen. Seals are open, trumpets, and then the bowls or the vials. You may have, some translation may say vials, but bowls of wrath. These are God's wrath, okay, that's going to be poured out upon the people that are left. Christians are gone. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get another amen? Because you ain't going to like this here. This is not good, okay? And so, in Matthew 24, verse 15, uh, tells us about the three and a half year mark. Anybody ever heard the term, the abomination of desolation? It's in the Bible. So many people think that that, maybe it's already happened. It, It hasn't happened. Watch. Matthew 24, verse 15, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And I pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. Now, when, when God makes a statement that there hadn't been anything this bad, and there'll never be anything this bad, I think you and I can come to the conclusion it's going to be bad. Come on. I mean, that's just something for God to say that. It's one thing for me to say it, but it's another thing for God to make that statement. And so it's going to be a horrible time. And he gives the references that, that it talking about, you don't even, it's going to happen, it's going to be so bad, you're not going to want to spend one minute. You're going to want to try to run to safety, but you'll never make it. This great tribulation, it, it, it uh, we're going to learn some things about what's going to happen in the great tribulation. Some of the plagues we'll learn in just a minute. But I want to stay on topic of them, kind of the topic of the mark of the beast um, for the most part. So this abomination of desolation is when the the, 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 um, the Antichrist will, uh, he's going to make an agreement with the Christians, if you will, that are here. Um, and for about, a, it's a week, but I'm not sure if that week is a week or is it a little longer than a week. It's a covenant. And uh, when this covenant is made, they're going to think, man, this guy's right. He's going to talk smoother than you've ever, you, anybody you've ever heard. You're gonna, people are just going to go after him. They're just going to fall in love with his speech. He's going to say the right things at the right time. And it's going to be connected. <clears throat> and we'll learn this in a few weeks, uh, in a few Sundays. He will be connected to spiritual leaders. How's he going to get the church to go along with this stuff that that have been in church? Now, we're out of here, okay? I'm I'm not talking about the people that are left. They've got to buy into this thing. Because, see, we're out of here. But there's still going to be a lot of people for that three and a half years. Oh, no, I made a mistake, you know. And they're going to be begging for mercy and falling on the mercies of God during that three and a half years. Come on. God's a merciful God. He, He gives us a chance now. He wants us to go in the rapture, okay? But if not, he's still a merciful God. There'll be opportunities for you to get saved. Do you understand that? Now, it's going to be very difficult. The Probably the way you'll come to Christ is you die, period. You'll, let me move on. I don't want to get ahead of myself, okay? So the abomination doesn't, so they're, 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 and he's going to open up at three and a half years. The uh, Antichrist will start this abomination, desolation, is when he starts sacrificing in the temple that will be built in, in Jerusalem and in Israel. And that is just a desecration. That is an abomination to God to have all these sacrifices take place in the temple. And then they're going to start seeing the real Antichrist step on scene. And then he's going to rear his ugly head. Beforehand, he's just, whatever you needed him to be is what he was. You've been around those people before. And whatever you wanted to be, that's who they were. And then this guy's going to rear his head. And it's going to be nasty because he's going to be driven by the demonic presence of Satan. Okay? Now watch this. <clears throat> you say, you may say, Pastor, why are you preaching? Since I'm going to be gone. If I'm out of here, if we're out of here, why are you preaching this message? Well, for two reasons. You might not make it. The Bible says not everybody going. What, what is it? Narrow? Is that gate that leads that? And what? And few. And wide. Is that gate leading to destruction? How how many? What does the Bible say? Lord, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do this? I never knew you. So everybody sitting in the church house ain't going to make it to heaven. Well, that wasn't very fun. You want to know when you can take back your tithe, don't you? I'm just preaching the word to you. All right, watch this. There's four things that happens to people who take the mark of the beast. So if you're left here... Take the sword. Get your head cut off. You say, Pastor, that's pretty gross. I'm telling you, that's the, at that point, that's the only way you can get to heaven. I'm going to prove this to you. The first bowl in Revelations chapter 16 starting in verse 2. Four things. I'm going to give you four things that's going to happen to people who take the mark of the beast. All right? Verse 6, uh, uh, chapter 16, verse 2. So the first went out and poured out his bowl. Remember those three things, the, the, the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls? These are the wrath of God. So we're, we've, skipped, we've, we've forwarded into the last segment. There's seven bowls, okay? And so we're forwarded to, to that, okay? Because this is what's going to happen in the great tribulation. At the three-and-a-half-year mark of the tribulation, this is what's going to happen. This is when these bowls will be opened up. So, the first went out and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came up upon the men who had listened. and when you read the word of God, pay attention to what it's saying. and these sores, these foul and loathsome sores came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. We're talking about people who have taken the mark of the beast in your right hand or in your forehead. If this happened, there will be loathsome sores. Sores that you can't even imagine. Pain that you, you, can't, even, um, you can't even describe. It's not like you go to, to go to the doctor's office and they got the little scale up there in one to ten and your pain, they get the little faces on there and says, are you at a five? Look, it's going to be off the chart. You, you're not, and, and this pain is going to be, oh, it's going to be so bad that you're, you're going to ache the whole time. This is a And it's a foul. It's just, it's just terrible. You're going to be in terrible pain. It says, uh, and it happens to those who took the beast or worshipped his image. When these plagues or bowls are poured out, you must understand that it does not start and stop. So, in other words, one bowl's poured out. After that one, it says, okay, now we're done with that. We're going to start something new. No, you have that forever. Okay, so you get these sores, and, 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 and they're terrible, boils and ulcers and, and all kind of leprosy, uh, skin, skin sores. When you get those, it doesn't start and stop. When it starts, it's continue. The next bowl is poured on top of that. You hear me? So, so you got these great sores, and, and you're in pain, and here comes something else. Okay, so one doesn't start and the next one, and stop, and then the next one starts. It's one, and then when the next one comes, it's on top of that, and the next one on top of that, and so forth, okay? Is that clear? Now, the the second thing that we find is in the fourth bowl. It's extreme heat. I'm going to do pretty good for a while if I was left, because I like the heat, but you ain't going to like this heat. Watch this. Revelation 16, verse 8. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory." During this time, you're going to be, you're going to shake your fist at God. You're going to be so mad at God that you're going to blaspheme and you will not repent. I don't know about that, Pastor. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. It's going to be so terrible that you're in this, in this, Great tribulation, if, if you've taken this mark and if you've been left behind, you hadn't been uh, killed, you're going to hate God because, see, you're going to fall into this trap of taking this mark of the beast and you think you're going to be okay because of this suave, debonair person that's come on the scene called the Antichrist. And you're going to think, man, I'm in the elite. And the problem is he's going to change. And then God says, look, I've, I've got the last say. And God's going to be pouring out these bowls of wrath, God's wrath. Now, He did not intend this wrath to be for people. He, has a, he never, hell was not designed for you and I. It wasn't designed for people, it was designed for Satan and his demonic powers, his demonic presence. He doesn't want us to go there, but He's got to give us this little thing called free will. And if you choose to go and rebel against God, guess what? Then you're saying, I think I can take on the wrath of God. Good luck with that. You won't win. Now watch. <clears throat> you will be, uh, verse 9, and the men will be scorched with great heat. And they blaspheme the name of God. Watch this. Who has power over the plagues. They know, you're going to know that God sent this plague and you're going to be so mad that you're going to bless them and you will not repent. Now, buddy, that's anger right there. That's hatred. Third thing, the fifth bowl. So we've had the first bowl of, 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 oh, of uh, sores and a foul foul sore, sores that you can't even imagine. Anybody ever had a... Um, um, I don't know what they call them now, maybe there's a new term. We called them boils when I grew up. Man. man. Not the big old zit. Okay? That's what it is, ain't you? I had one right here one time. Doctor told me I got it because I was in the locker room and I don't know. I don't know if they even happened. But I had and man, you could you couldn't look, you touch the side of your arm and it hurt. You touch your hand, it was just pain. That's nothing. That is nothing. The worst pain that you can come up with that you've experienced in your life, that's nothing. That's going to be like, oh, man, I'm good. That's going to be like a minor headache. Okay? So now we're in the the fifth bowl. There will be extreme darkness and pain that will be so bad that you will gnaw your tongue. You ever bit your tongue? Now, I don't know of anybody that I've ever asked, hey, that feel good? You, about, you don't, that felt good? You're, it's going to be so bad that gnawing your tongue, you think you're going to get some relief from gnawing your tongue. I don't, I'm not talking about running on top of your mouth. No, I'm talking about gnawing your tongue. You ever seen a dog gnaw a bone? You're going to gnaw your tongue. That's That's pain. You will know your tongue. Watch this. Verse, uh, Revelation 16 verse 10 says, Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. Glory to God. And his kingdom became full darkness. That amazes me. The devil don't, can't even tell it to be light or dark. <laughs> he doesn't have the authority to tell God to do anything. Man, that excites me. As a Christian, that ought to excite you. That man, we're serving a God that gives him the authority. He does, if he gives him the authority, he doesn't want you to be associated. He doesn't want you to go to hell. He doesn't want you to go through the tribulation, the great tribulation. He doesn't want you to do that. He's provided a way out. Amen. It says, uh, that he poured out the, on the, on the, the, the his bowl on the throne of the beast and his kingdom became full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. I've never hurt in my body at any time in my life where I said, I think I'll gnaw my tongue. I think that would be better. No, that to me adds to the problem. But the pain is going to be so bad You know, I just think of it, you know, y'all know I love Westerns. And, you know, when they're going to dig out a bullet of Marshall Dillon, they put a stick in their mouth because they "Ah, I got to release the pain. No, it's going to be so bad you're going to gnaw your tongue. I hope y'all get in the picture here. This is a place that you don't, I don't even like to think about it. I don't want to go. I don't want you to go. I don't want our kids to go. But if we don't start now in preparation, guess what? We'll inadvertently end up there. Not because God wanted you to go. You'll just end up there. Because you have a choice. Why would God do this? He didn't. Amen. Quiet today. Verse 11. They blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and did not repent of their deeds. Now, we, again, same people. They already shook their fist at God and blasphemed and didn't repent. And now it's even worse. And guess what? That anger and that blasphemy even gets deeper toward God. Oh, they're digging a hole. You know why they're digging a hole? Because they already know they ain't getting out of it. What do they have to lose? Think about that. What do you have to lose at this point? You can say whatever you want to to God. You've taken the mark of the beast. Watch this. Excuse me. Six, uh, the seventh bowl. This will be the fourth thing. The earth will be utterly shaken with large hailstones falling from heaven, from the sky. Revelation sixteen seventeen. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. And there was noises and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake. Such a mighty and great earthquake has, uh, as had not occurred since men were on earth. Did you get that? I've seen some bad, devastating earthquakes on television. And the Bible says there's not going to be any that has ever been this bad. I'm going to tell you how bad it's going to be. The Bible uh, gives us an insight. Now that great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God. To give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Watch this. Then every island fled away and the mountains were not found. That's an earthquake. When you look out and you don't see mountains and you don't see any islands because the earth has been violently shaken, that's more than you running outside the building standing in an open field. There's some serious shaking going on. I ain't so sure you can survive it in the middle of a field. I mean, mountains are going to move. Islands are going to be gone. This is great tribulation. You say, well, that, that may not affect me that much. Well, watch this. This will. And verse 21, and great hail from heaven fell upon men. Each hailstone about the weight of a talent. Men blasphemed God because of the plague and of the hail. Since that plague was exceedingly great. Leave. <clears throat> you'll come to the piano This hail, depending on the weight of measurement that you use, whether it be silver or gold, that was typically the two weight uh, measurements, if you will. Silver is 100 pounds. Gold is 200 pounds. So whichever one you want to use, it'll be the largest hailstone you've ever seen in your life. If a... A quarter size, half dollar size can, can beat the hell out of your truck hood. What could a hundred pound hailstone do? You can't run inside. It'll just come through the roof. You, you can't get under a tree because it'll annihilate the tree. You can't get under a metal structure. A hundred pound Minimum hailstone. That's wrath. Here's the thing. He said, Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. What if you, the, the reference to Matthew 24 is, 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 is a metaphor, so to speak. And he wants to, he's painting a picture of the great uh, tribulation. Woe unto those who give suck. In other words, woe to those of you who have kids. What would happen if you saw sores come up on your child today? First thing you're going to do, you're going to gather them up and run them down to the clinic. Unfortunately, the first thing we we'll ought to do is we'll be praying. But that, that, that was yesterday. That's old school uh, gospel. That's not today. That's, that doesn't work anymore. So, okay, so let's move on. That was funny. Okay. So you take them to the local doctor. And, man, you're, you're all over it. Man, you're up with them. You're doing everything you can to make sure that baby's going to get healed or that daughter, son, whatever. You won't have any control over this. There'll be people that are left here that'll see their kids with, that are hit with 100-pound hailstones that'll have their heads bashed in and their brains splashed out. I'm being graphic because I want you to understand because you can't read it and get the, get the full effect that they'll be bashed out and you'll watch it. There'll be elderly people. Your your mother and father, whatever, maybe they're living with you that you won't be able to help. There'll be no place to run where there's safety. This is the great tribulation. We have dumbed down, watered down this event called the rapture and the tribulation. What's going to happen after uh, so-called, so-called rapture of the church? That we're going to be okay. We're, we you know, we've got we've got a few supplies, man. We're going to be all right because you know we live in America and things are going to get back to normal pretty quick. No, they're not. The new normal is going to be the end, and so. We're going to experience this. And, and if you if you go through <clears throat> this thing called the tribulation, and you take this, uh, if you take this beast, uh, excuse me, so, so if you take the beast, the mark of the beast, you will not be able to get forgiven of that. Some people say, oh, I think you can. There's some popular preachers, oh, you can, but you can't. I got scripture that says you cannot if you take the mark of the beast, even if you die, that, that's, that's not martyrdom, martyrdom. That's the first three and a half years before the beast. If you take the beast, you, are, you have allowed yourself to worship that that image, that beast. Okay? And so <clears throat> in Revelation 14 uh, verse 9. Can you get, my question is, can you get forgiveness if you take the mark of the beast? My answer is no. Then a third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image, listen closely to the verbiage, and receives his mark in his forehand or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, these things we've been talking about, which is poured out full strength, Full strength. I don't know what God's full strength is, but I do not want to experience it. The only time I've experienced God's full strength is in love. Because he doesn't hold back any amount, not one ounce of his full love toward you. Now we do as Christians hold it back from other people. We say we love but No, Christ has never held that back. But in his wrath, I don't know what that is. I do not want to experience it. It says, strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented. Now listen, this is why it's a forever deal when you take the mark of the beast. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Listen, this is how long that will go on. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest, day or night, who worship the beast and his, and his image. And whoever receives the mark of his name. Forever and ever is a long time. Me and you say, oh, I love you forever. Well, how long is that? Well, uh, till we die. But when God says, this torment goes on forever forever. And then he adds another ever in there. It's never going to stop. And if you could get saved, if you could repent and get saved, then it would stop. But it's not going to stop. Once you take the mark of the beast, it's it's over for you permanently. You may live a little bit longer on earth, but it's over spiritually speaking. You are going to hell, period. There's no options for you. The Bible teaches, as I read earlier, let me see if I can find it real quickly. In in, uh, Matthew 24, verse 15. Therefore, whenever you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in a holy place. And then there's... This little adage in some of your Bible, some of it's not in there, but there's an adage. uh, In other words, a few more words, something in parentheses that may say something like this, depending on your transition. Whoever reads, let him understand. He's telling us that the answer to your eternal salvation, your eternity with Christ, is that you get in this word and you understand this word and you know the future. Don't gamble with eternity. If you gamble with eternity, you will lose. If you gamble with your salvation, you're going to lose. It's like going down here to the casino and, and and playing down there. You're not going to win. Why would we want, why would we want to even play with our eternal security, our eternal position with God? And I see it and I, I just, I get so mad. Holy mad. I get mad when I know people know, Dale. They know the truth. They've heard the truth a lot of their life. And they're saying, well, that'll never happen in my lifetime. I won't have to go through the great tribulation. I won't have all those things happen to me. Your end result, if you do not accept Christ here on earth and you die a natural death, your end result is exactly the same you're in hell. You just took a shortcut to get there. Why would we want to do that, church? Why are our pews empty today in churches across America, across the world for that matter? Well, it's biblical. There's two forces working And it appears at this moment That Satan has the upper hand Because of so many people Are running from God Instead of running to God Do you remember um, 9-11 Some 20 years ago now Major deal in America A lot of death A lot of, man, on America they got, We got attacked it is told to me that there's more people in churches the, the, the Sunday following than there ever has been ever, at all time put together. So many people flock to churches. And, and I'm speaking of, of, of America now, okay. Wow. COVID hit. We closed churches. Come on. We closed churches. Now, we thought we were good, being good citizens, and, and, and I'm glad we did. Okay, I'm not backing up on that decision one bit. I'm glad we, because we didn't know things were going on. But we closed churches. Do you know that 20% of the churches, the statistic tells us that 20% of the churches will not reopen? Did you hear what it is? 20%. Now, the average church size in America is 84 people. Believe it or not. 84. You think, oh, I know some mega churches. Yeah, you know them got four too. It's 84 people. I don't know how many churches in America haven't done the math, but if we could do the math, find that number, do it to about 20%, that'll tell you how many churches are going to close. That's a lot of people that's probably not going anywhere else. Here's what I'm trying to get at. The difference between 9-11 and COVID was that there was... Let me give you some similarities first. There was wicked forces battling each other in 9-11. Yeah. But we overcame that. And I believe with all of my heart that Satan backed up, went to hell, and got on his drawing board, called his, uh, his uh, most high demons, and said, we've got to have another plan. That drove people to God. Let's don't try that one, and let's do something different. We've got to get in this thing from the political viewpoint. And I'll get political in a few weeks with you. You can still love me or you can, you can still love me. And, and, and they got, got into the system called government. And I'm speaking in the United States. It's already over there in third world countries. They already got that. Because, see, we're the last, we're the last group of people, Bryson, called Americans... That are putting up any fight, any stand whatsoever. The rest of the world's ready to go along with the one world government. The rest of the world's ready to go along. Hey, they're ready to receive the, 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 the false prop of the Antichrist. They're ready right now. They're Antichrist everywhere. And so, so we come to COVID, and they get into the system, and guess what happens? We ought to close the churches for a while. You can love me. You can hate me. Y'all know my theory, right? I'm loving you to heaven. Dr. Fauci is a liar. He's from the pit of hell. He is being used demonically by Satan himself. And, and I'm, not, I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you, you've you, you got, you got to use some common sense sometimes. He's from hell. He has been driven. Look, he's got more power. Listen to what I'm going to say. Dr. Fauci has more power over the American public right now than Nancy Pelosi, President Biden, the the Vice President Harris, Chuck Schumer, anybody in Congress. He's got more power. If he says it, everybody believes it. You, You hear what I'm saying? He does. Isn't that crazy? This is the truth. And so now we're at this place. And look, I'm not, y'all, y'all know my position on this vaccine. I am not anti vaccine. I am not. I, that's not what this is about. It'll never be about that. Okay? However, it will be about a mandate. And I'll tell you when I'm going to preach those messages so you can come or not come. And I think you got to hear them, church. It's not because I want to take a position. I could care less what you do with, with your body if whatever you want to put in. I don't. Care. That's not my business. My business is that you're told what to do. Because when that happens, oh, the church is closing. They're going to be made to close. Come on. Okay. So never say my pastor's anti-vaccine. I shouldn't take it. No, I'm not saying that. Look, if it was proven, I'd be taking it. Amen. So, so we have this. Now where we are, they want to close the churches. Because this demonic presence, this demonic force that is very much alive in Washington, D.C., in every little municipality across the United States of America, probably right here in Lake Village, Arkansas, this demonic power and spirit is rising up. Now listen to me. And I'm going to further this in some more messages a little later. Rising up. You ever, um, men, women, spouses, you ever wanted something and you tested the waters with your spouse to see if she might be okay with it? To know whether you should proceed? Come on, I'm hitting home to you. Maybe you wanted something you Maybe this week wasn't really the budget. Or maybe the next few months wasn't the budget. But boy, if you could have some kind of little angle that you could convince her or him that this would really be beneficial for the family. You test the waters and you know her responses or his responses by body language or what's going to happen or what they say. And it, it, we're looking for that right word. We know if the word's I know that come out of my wife's mouth. What are you thinking right now? That's a no-go. Abort the mission now. But if it's... Well, I mean, what do you think? You think it's something that we really need? Oh! You turn and talk to the other side of you, the deceiving side, because that's what you're doing. Come on. And say... It's a go, boys. Lay it on thick, <laughs> and man, you start. Oh yeah, honey, and you have got your, uh, your reasons why. Bam, 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 bam. Right? Are you, are you tracking with me? What do you think is happening in America today? I have this. I don't talk about opinions. I'm just going to tell you. I'll say this is an opinion. I think I can prove it by several medical journals, but i, I, I won't say it's an opinion because it's not Bible. This is a test. They're not really interested in whether you take the vaccine or not. We're already seeing some backlash, and we're seeing some mandates pulled, and we're seeing some backing up on some things. This is a test. We just want to see how far we're going to get how many people to go with us. Why? Why do you think that is... How do you think the Antichrist is going to come in? How do you think the One World Government? How do you think the World Health Organization is going to come on scene? How do you think cryptocurrency is coming in? Come on, this is not rocket science, people. They've infiltrated the church, the government, and the political science arenas. That's all part of it. That, That falls under, and I'll teach on, all under the political science arena. All of that right there. Our philosophy is what we think, how we think why we think those why do you think listen to me and I'm going to prove this over the next few weeks that it's, it's uh, I'm, let me put this I'm going to share with you that it's more than just a crazy opinion of a person why do they think why do you think right now and I'm going to close with this why do you think that now they're pushing the 5 and 11 year olds to get this vaccine it's not about the vaccine please 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 do not have a moment's second thought Not even, don't let the devil come between my words and your ears thinking well the pastor's against the vaccine never say that I've got every vaccine that there ever was except this one my kids have got them okay so don't say that because I don't want the devil to interrupt anything that's going on. I want you to listen to me. I want all eyes looking at me when I tell you this. I am not trying to de- cause division in this church. And you don't let it. Do you understand me? Please know that that is not what's going on. I am trying to un- uh, uh, open a book to tell you about some end time events. Here's the deal. If you're saved and, you s- and you're right with God, you don't have to worry about this stuff anyway. Amen. Amen. But the reason that the, the children are being pushed to this is this why. Now, Jason, I don't know if you remember me telling you this, or you telling me this, but you were in, at a school doing your work spraying, and, and um, I won't call the school, and maybe you remember this, <clears throat> and you said you had talked to one of the, the, the head people there, or whatever the, the headmaster, teacher, whatever they called, principals. And you went into the school and you said, I thought they lifted the mask mandate. And that response was yes, they did. Am I correct in that? But he saw just kids just by the droves with mask on. Not against mask either. I'm, I'm not against mask. Hear me, I am not against mask. Is everybody. Does everybody understand where your pastor stands? I am not anti-vaccine. I'm not against a mask. I've always held the position. If you want to wear a mask, you wear one. If you don't, you don't. I am not against me. mask. If somebody's coughing, and if, you had, uh, if you've been sick and stuff, you need to wear a mask if that's what you want to do. Let's use some common... It is not about that. Never, ever say your pastor's anti-mask. I am not. It's not about that. Please stay on track with what I'm trying to get across to you. Please. Because this is... Look, I'm, I'm treading on thin ice. The devil can take this right here and spin it right now. And people will be mad when they leave here. But I'm addressing, the, I'm, I'm addressing him now. I'm addressing that satanic spirit that I believe is in this place. That can be in this place. And, and, and it will pervert the words from my lips to the time they get to your ears. That's how he works. So do not... In front of God and these witnesses here. Do not... Allow that to happen in your life. But these kids, they said he saw, by by classes, just as a, I guess, a break or in between classes, and every one of them had a mask on. Not against the mask. How easy will it be to get the next generation to go along with something if you've conditioned them already? Even if it's for a period of, just a short period of time. Oh, we had that back ten, ten years ago when the COVID was in. Yeah, let's do it. Come on, put them on. It's only going to last for a couple of years. You've got to condition people. People are smarter than that. You can take any country around the world. They just didn't. They just didn't uh, give over their their rights and authority to the government. It happened over time. And I'm not trying to preach to say, "Boy, if we do something different, well, we're going to change this thing around." I. I I got some news for you that, no, God's got a plan. We ought to pray. Can we sustain and hold back things? Absolutely. But there comes a point where God just says, okay, let's do it. Come on, I'm not so sure we ain't at that point. Let's just do it. Church, it is so important. That We learn about what could happen if you miss the rapture or if you're not saved. Because, see, if you don't know that there's danger down the river, you're not afraid to go. Did you hear what I said? If you don't know that there's a waterfall that's 45 feet down river and nobody's ever survived it, if you don't know that you're going to go down river and you're going to die and the same thing is going to happen here if we don't know what's down there and we don't start teaching our children why do you think the Bible said teach it to your kids put it as a frontlet between your eyes tie it upon your hand know the word of God teach it hide the, what, the precepts in, it, in your heart why is that? because if it's in my heart that's how I'm going to react Come on, this is good stuff. I hope you're getting something out of this. This is not one of them sh- shouting me out Yahoo and Yahoo moments, is it? You need to know this. I'm gonna close. If you ain't right with God today, you will die and you will go to hell. In hell, you will experience not some of these things that we talked about in the Great Tribulation, but there will be a gnashing of a teeth. There's gonna be Torment, foul odors, there's going to be screaming. You're going to have, you're going to, you'll, you'll experience uh, pain in, in hell. You're going to experience that. There'll be some emotions because you're going to be screaming. Why? Because of the pain. There's going to be things in hell that you think, well, I, you know, it's not that bad of a place. Well, Do you know? Have you read God's Word? If you read God's Word, it is a bad place. It is a place that you don't want to go. Why would we slack? Tell me this. Please, somebody answer this question for me because I'm stumped at it. Why would we not be doing everything in the world to teach our children that you do not want to go to hell? Why would we, why would we not do those things? Because I see it happening in this church. I see it happening in the next church and my friend's church over here. I see it happening. We think that it's just something that that's not going to affect us. That when we die because we hadn't heard about it, we get, a, we get a, a, a free pass. No, you are instructed by the Word of God for you to know the Word of God. Not because your pastor or preacher didn't preach on it or did preach on it. You, sir or ma'am, are instructed yourself to know the Word of God. So why would we not do that? Why are we not passionate about the gospel? Spreading the gospel to our kids. Lord, I ain't even got onto to our neighbors yet. We ain't that far. We don't love our neighbors like we love ourselves. We can say that, but we're lying. We don't love them. We don't even love our kids like we say we do. When we don't bring them to church and make God front and center. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You shall not have another graven image in front of me. You shall not bow down and worship another God. And yet we put these gods up in front of our kids and say, it's okay. It's okay. You can do it every now and then. Every now and then runs into every week. Every week runs into an eternity. Friends, it's time. We better get up off of our lazy, spiritual, blessed assurances and get busy spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ that there's a real hell it's really going to happen and you better get in the idea it's really going to happen soon because I believe it's going to happen soon if you'll stand with me across this room